Welcome to a Friday edition of the 5-1 Volleyball Podcast, the best way to keep up on volleyball stats, storylines, results, news, transfers, all that fun stuff. Bit of a cold, rainy afternoon here in Toronto, Canada. I hope it's a little nicer wherever you are listening from. Today we're going to do a quick pro recap on some of the great playoff matches that took place during the week, as well as a special segment in the end. To do the most underrated players in volleyball right now. Great players who, for whatever reason, aren't really recognized as much by the media and by the fans as much as I think they should be. If this podcast isn't enough for you, you can check out one I did with Louis Lett of the Freeball Podcast. Check out their Instagram at Freeball Podcast. They have a link to all their podcasts there in their bio. We had a good discussion talking about some of the big transfers of the summer. Matt Anderson, Sveden Sokolov, a couple others, I think. Also did a big Nations League preview and predictions. Also did my dream team for both the men and the women's team. So give that a listen if any of that stuff interests you at Freeball Podcast on Instagram to take a look at that. So I'm going to start off with probably the biggest upset in all of volleyball this season so far absolute craziness and that is Kubzas Kemerovo in the Russian Super League beating Zenit Kazan two times this week in their home court in Kazan. The first game, a sweep, 3-0, Zenit Kazan getting swept. Now, you may be thinking to yourself, hmm, haven't heard that in a while. I wonder when the last time Kazan was swept was. Have the answer right here. This info is courtesy of Yaverdi on the Volley Country forums. Great user, really knows his stuff. And I think he got the information from the Zenit Kazan YouTube channel, which I highly recommend you check out. I think I've recommended it a couple of times on the podcast before. But the last time they've lost 3-0, not 2018, not 2017, 2016, in the Club World Championships to eventual champions Santa Cruzero, which is crazy enough. Three years ago. It's a long time taken at least one set off every opponent they've played since then. But the last time they've lost 3-0 at home in Kazan, February 5th, 2011. I was still in high school at the time, Obama was still president, and Zenit Kazan had yet to win any of their five Champions League titles that they were going to go on to win throughout the decade. So suffice to say, Zenit Kazan losing at home 3-0 is a very big deal. Kuzbaz Kemerovo, not the most well-known club in volleyball. If you remember, it was where Irvin Enkapet spent a bit of time in the Russian League a few years ago before he went to Modena about halfway through the season, and we all know how that turned out pretty well for Mr. Enkapet. I will say, though, this does not look like the same Zenit Kazan team that we have seen be so dominant throughout the Champions League in the Russian League this decade. They're getting a little older. Irvin Engapet, as incredible as he is, doesn't have quite the offensive firepower that Wilfredo Leon had. And while they have been very successful this season, they're playing in the Champions League finals in a few weeks. They made it to the Russian League finals. They only, I think they only lost one or two games during the Russian League regular season. They have had a couple close calls, if you remember that quarterfinals matchup versus Trefl Gdansk, who was the eighth place team in the Polish League almost almost beat Zenit Kazan so close they had a few match points even 
to win the whole thing. Couldn't get it done. Everyone seems almost forgotten about it now after Zenekazan crushed Sir Safety Perugia in the Champions League semifinals. But I will say over the last few months, Zenekazan playing well is actually the anomaly versus them playing poorly in the games over the last couple of days against Kemerovo showed it. Not to say that Kemerovo didn't play extremely well themselves. Victor Politev, if you don't know who he is already, and you should know, he is going to be a star of Russian volleyball. The only reason why you don't already know who he is is maybe because he was playing behind superstar opposite Maxim Mikhailov. But the second Mikhailov retires from the national team, you will see Politev gain a lot more recognition for how just incredible he is. He scored 19 points in the first game, 17 for 27 hitting in the first one with two aces, and then 20 for 32 hitting in the second game. Again, two aces, but also with a block this time. There was a video of him circulating on Instagram and hitting lines. The bottom of his feet are almost at the bottom of the tape. He's only about 6'5", 6'6", but he, he's got to have like a 45-inch vertical. The guy jumps out of the gym. Kemerovo with 19 blocks in the second game against Zenekazan. That, combined with some really strong back row defense behind the blocks, meant that they had a lot of transition opportunities. And Igor Kobzar, to his credit, did a very good job of masterminding uh, Kuzbaz Kemerovo in transition. Yaroslav Podlishnik, also another Russian guy who hasn't been a huge feature of the national team, so some of you might not know him if you're not following the Russian league, but also very crafty, very strong hitter. Had a lot of good defensive plays in this one too. And of course, Laurie Kermanin, one of my favorite liberos to watch. Has an incredible instinct for the ball. Had some ridiculous, ridiculous digs in this one. So the Russian league, almost over. Kemerovo only needs to win one of the next three games to be crowned the new Russian champions, which would be incredible if they were the ones to dethrone Zenekazan. Zenekazan has only not won the championships once since 2008, and that was in the 2012-2013 season when Belgorod won with Jor Grozier, Mazursky, Lucas Kampa, Sergei Tetukin, Ilenik, and others. So their run in one of the toughest volleyball leagues in the world. Just absolutely unprecedented. And if Kemerovo, it's not, the series isn't over yet. It's not over. If any team can come back from the whole, this hole, it's definitely Zenekazan. But if they win, just be incredible. And well done to Kemerovo too. This isn't just Zenekazan playing poorly. I think a lot of credit has to go to the guys at Kemerovo for, you know, taking advantage of this opportunity and playing some of their best volleyball of the season. And moving to the Italian league, we had a result that I cannot say I was fully expecting, and that's Perugia absolutely crushing Cucine Lubicivitanova, 25-13, 25-18, 25-18. And I think those scores are almost, makes it seem like they were even close to being competitive in the second and third set, and they were not. They basically could not do anything against the Perugia served so many poor passes 10 reception errors for Kachine Lubicivitanova 12 attacking errors so even when they had opportunities they were missing long they were missing wide they couldn't find the hands of the Perugia block at all really tough performance from them Perugia looked really rejuvenated which is a bit funny considering they were the team that had to play the extra game against Modena looked like a completely different team from the one that played a few days ago and almost lost 
against Modena. This wasn't even necessarily the best serving game ever for Perugia. Only four aces, two of those coming from my favorite serving sub, Nick Hogue. But really, they just played the serve-receive game almost perfectly. The team hit 61%, basically didn't make any errors on attacking. They did make 20 service errors, which is actually close to half of the points Lube got, funnily enough. But yeah, just a masterful job by DeCeco. Really ran his middles quite a bit with Podra Shannon getting five points, Fabio Ricci with four points. And basically everyone on Perugia was celebrating, having a good time, having a blast. I don't see the rest of the series being this lopsided at all. I know a lot of people are calling Perugia three games. Lube is over. Lube is absolutely wrecked. They aren't the same team this year. They should never have signed Leon Simon. Some of the comments you read are actually pretty funny. A lot of overreactionaries fans of this team. Remember, this team beat Trentino not that long ago. Trentino, a really good team. Trentino, a team that beat Kuzbaz Kemerovo in the CV Cup that I was just talking about. It's not like they aren't one of the best teams in volleyball. They definitely can come back in this series. You know they're going to be watching a lot of film, working on their strategy, working on the set placements. You know Sokolov is not going to hit 5 for 16 with 6 attacking errors again. That's just not going to happen. We'll see if they decide to go with any lineup changes, whether Yuri Kovar is going to come in for Lial, whether we're going to see some Dragon Stankovic in for Chester maybe. My opinion, that's not the best idea. As much as Dragon Stankovic helps in the block against some of Perugia's best attackers, I think you definitely need Yoandri Leal's offense and serving in this game if you want to have a hope of beating Perugia. I think you're just going to have to hope that he doesn't have a poor offensive performance because we know we're not going to get anything from Juriakova on offense. So I would definitely keep Leal in the game. Of course, if he's playing as poor as he did in this one, sure, sub him off in the second or third set. But I think they should start him again. We'll see what they decide to do. Next game happening on Sunday, May 5th. We'll see if Lube Civitanova can make it an interesting one. They certainly did last year. The Polish League finals were not that much closer, with Zaksa Kudrzyn Kozle taking down Oniko Versava in three sets. If you remember, at the end of last game, there was that very controversial call where the ref called a double touch on a Piotr Lukasik serve-receive, which if you play volleyball, you know you can't get called for a double touch on a serve-receive. Versava and Antiga made an official complaint to the Plusliga, who basically said, tough luck, win the next game. Kind of unfair in my opinion. I said it on my last podcast that they definitely had the means to just replay the last few points. I think that was the best solution. Unfortunately, they did not do that. And Zaxa quite easily wins the second match on their home turf. They played a much better game than they did in the first one. Sam Daru was awesome. Had the same amount of kills as he did in the last one, 13 kills. But instead of hitting 13 for 39, he hit 13 for 26, which is a much better percentage. Named MVP for the match, Pavel Zatorski had an incredible game, digging almost everything, passing really well. Definitely could have a claim to MVP given how he played as well. We didn't see the middles used quite as much in this match, only 17 sets for Wisniewski and Biniak. But all around, a very good team performance from Zaxa, especially from the service line where they got 10 aces, but really still not the team that we saw in the middle of the season for Zaxa. I think. We've seen these guys play a lot better, play a lot tighter, pass a lot better. So Warsaw definitely has a chance 
to win the next batch and get themselves back into the series. This time they decided to go with Machi Muzai and Graham Figras as their foreign player instead of Shawan Vernon Evans and Jan Novakovsky. They might have to rethink that decision after this one. Machi Muzai only hitting 15 for 35 and he was getting some pretty tough sets given that there was a lot of service pressure and some poor passing. But still, 15 for 35 with two airs and one blocked hit. Not the greatest line. Grim Vigras was blocking really well. Had two kill blocks and many other block assists, but only 5 for 12 hitting. If they're going to have Graham Vigras in the game, sacrifice a foreign player spot for him, they're going to need to set him a lot more. But again, part of that was the difficulty in passing, especially for Pyotr Lukashik, who again got targeted many, many times during this match, got aced three times, which is tough. Also, Nikolay Penchev getting aced five times in this match. But Lukashik is definitely a huge liability in passing. He picked it up a bit towards the end of the game, but his passing was so bad that Stefan Antiga subbed in 18-year-old Matej Janikowski to pass for him. That's how bad it was. So heading into Game 3, which is taking place on Saturday, May 4th, we'll see which lineup Warsaw decides to go with. I feel like they'll go with Muzai and Graham Vigras again. Antigua seems to think that's the better matchup versus Zaxa, but they've lost two games with that lineup already. Maybe they'll go with Shawan Vernon Evans, who played very well in the semifinals versus Jastrzemski Vigil. And then Jan Novakowski also doing a good job in that one. But still, watching the last couple of games, it seems like all the momentum is on Zaxa's side. I love the story of Warsaw this year, but I think that first game, they really had a chance to win it, getting screwed over by some poor refing decisions, which is pretty rare in volleyball, but it does happen. Very unfortunate for them. That ref is now banned from the playoffs, so he's not going to ref them again, but too little, too late. I think that broke all the momentum, and I think Zaxa will probably take it in three, maybe four. In Brazil, Tabate took game three in a five-setter over Sao Paulo. Great games from Lipe, who I said needed to have a great game for Sao Paulo to have a chance. Decent game from Alan Souza. Not enough to overcome Tabate. Unfortunately, not a full win for Tabate because they also had an injury to one of their best players, Brazilian outside hitter Douglas Souza, who was a revelation last year in the World Championships, helping being a huge part of Brazil winning that silver medal. Unfortunately, it went down in the fourth set of this match. Not sure what his timeline is. It's too bad because he was definitely going to be used on the Brazilian national team this summer. Not sure if that's going to happen now. Hopefully he can recover like Lucarelli did, take the summer off, and bounce back even stronger for the next club season and for the 2020 Olympics. Game 4 of this series is happening on Saturday, May 4th. Tabate only needs one more victory to get it over Sao Paulo which honestly would be very surprising for me. Tabate struggling in the playoffs many, many times. Almost lost their quarterfinal series to Volley Renata. We just finished the last game of the French semifinals with Shoma topping Ajaccio. So now we have our finals matchup for France, Tours versus Shoma. In my opinion, definitely the two best teams in France. They were the two teams that represented the league during the Champions League. It's only fitting that they play each other in the finals. And despite Tours definitely being the best regular season team in the French League, I would actually give a slight favorite to Chaumont in this series. I think they started off the year a little bit slow, but gained a lot of momentum, gained a lot of team chemistry. This is a team that 
has a lot of fun together. They play really well together. I think I think they benefit from the very high levels of team chemistry they have. Taylor Avril is having a fantastic season. Blair Ban is playing really well right now. Martin Atanasov has got to be one of the most athletic young outsides in volleyball right now. Really looking forward to this series. And I think Shoma. I think Shoma is going to take it despite Tours. 22 and 2 record during the regular season, and Chaumont only winning 14 and 10 in the regular season. We had an epic match in the Bundesliga finals. Berlin recycling volleys, getting the five set win over Friedrich Schaffen in an absolutely packed Max Schmeling Hall. I'm actually pretty glad that the Champions League finals are happening in this arena because they definitely have the best arena in all of volleyball. It's always really packed. It's really modern. They have great energy. And I've heard the popcorn is pretty good too. Kyle Russell was the go-to guy for Berlin Recycling Volleys. Ben Patch started the first set, quickly subbed out. We've seen that a lot this season where they'll try Ben Patch. If, if he's having a good game, they'll keep him in. But he does not have a very long leash. Kyle Russell comes in, hits 24 for 54. A lot of errors in there. But still, they clearly relied on him as their main offensive option. And then Samuel Tuia, 16 for 30. Moritz Richard struggled a bit. Hopefully, he can play better for the German national team this summer where he has a chance to be a big player for them. Now, Berlin only hit 43% on the match. A lot of long rallies in this one. Lots of good defensive plays. Friedrich Schaffen wasn't that much better, though. David Sossenheimer and Protop Saltis had tough games hitting from the wings. Protop Saltis, 11 for 24. Sossenheimer, 9 for 28. Not the greatest matches from them. But they still were very competitive in this entire match, with almost every set but the first one being decided by three or fewer points. Frederick Schaffen going to be a lot tougher in their home arena. They need to serve a lot better in the next game. No aces and 19 service errors is really tough to stomach, hard to win when you post those percentages, even if you're attacking, is better than the other teams. Looking forward to the next match, which is taking place on Sunday, May 5th. So I think this covers just about every pro league's playoff volleyball. We're almost done all of them. We're getting to the end here. Only a couple more leagues and we will be completely done with club volleyball for this season. Obviously, the Champions League finals between Lubechiv Danova and Zenikazan will cap off the season on May 18th and 19th, but other than that, we're, we're close to the finish. A quick bit of news before I talk about my most underrated players in volleyball. Thomas Jaschke, who was out for the entire year with a torn ACL that he sustained while playing for Team USA last summer, he signed a two-year contract with Verona, so staying there until the end of the 2020-2021 season. I think this is a great pickup for Verona. Jayski, an awesome player, would get a lot more recognition if he wasn't behind Taylor Sander and Aaron Russell on the USA national team. Had a great year this season before he got injured. It'll be interesting to see if Matej Kaziski stays with Verona or if Javed Manavi stays with Verona. Unlikely that either of those players would be too happy with a bench role. But I think Verona, no matter what, will benefit greatly from Jaschke's return. They really missed his offense, especially before Kaziski came back this year and they were relying on Morteza Sharifi. One or two more big signings, and I think Verona could be a decently big threat in the Superliga for next year. 
All right, so now I'm going to talk about my most underrated players in volleyball. Going to do this in the format of a team, so two outsides, two middles, setter, libero, opposite. These are just guys who I think are not necessarily the best players in volleyball, but guys who I think don't get the recognition they deserve based on the level that they're playing at. And the first guy I want to talk about is Nathan Wunumbena, the six foot six outside hitter from Cameroon who plays his club volleyball in Tours in the French Pro League. Now, probably everyone only knows Nathan Wunumbena, where he comes around once every four years to play in the World Championships, which is generally the, one of the only competitions that Cameroon gets to compete in. But Wunumbena has taken Tours to the next level. They won the championship last year with Wunumbena as their best player, and I think that might be the case again this year. And before that, he was a featured player on Shoma, another fantastic club. And at 35, you would think he's slowing down a lot, but he still looks really athletic, still serving the ball really well, still hitting the ball really well, has the elite passing that a lot of outside hitters his age start to get. Still a great player. He got a bit of props during his brief World Championships appearance this last year, but I think people don't give him quite enough credit. The other outside hitter that I want to say is underrated is Yassine Louati, the French outside hitter who plays his club volleyball in Padova. Now, Louati is not a player who's going to stand out to you a ton when you watch him play. doesn't really bounce the ball. He doesn't jump incredibly high. He doesn't do any one skill incredibly well, but he is very good at a lot of different skills. He's a good server, averaging 0.3 aces per set in the Italian league this year. He's a good blocker for an outside, averaging 0.25 blocks per set. Hit 48%, being one of the main offensive options for Padova behind Maurice Torres, and is a good passer at 28.4% passing in the Italian Super League this season. So... Nothing that's incredible, not, not one of those stats is mind-blowing, but just a very solid technical player, very good float-serve passer, knows how to go for hands when he hits, and rarely has a terrible game. As for his national team, he will probably never be selected for it, because for the French outsides are just way too stacked. Irvin Engapet, Trevor Claveneau, Thibaut Rossard, Julien Lineal, Nicolas Marichal, Kevin Tilly. There's just too many guys ahead of uh, Yassin Luwati in the rotation for him to really have a chance, even though he would crack the rotation on a lot of other national teams. For example, Italy this year, if they would love to have Yassin Luwati as their second outside in Nations League beside Oleg Antonov. Unfortunately, though, in volleyball, if you're not a feature player on one of the main national teams, you're probably not going to get that much recognition from the casual fans. And I doubt any casual fans know who Luati is, and that's why I'm saying he is underrated. As for middle blockers, first up we have Canadian Graham Vigrass, who maybe I'm cheating a bit by having him because he is starting to gain quite a bit of recognition, especially in Poland after the season he just had. But I wanted to include a Canadian on this list, so that's why I have Graham Vigrass on here. Probably one of the best 10 middles in the world. Actually, probably for sure the best, one of the best 10 middles in the world. Incredibly effective attacker. One of the hardest hitters from the middle position in our sport. Really crafty blocker, has excellent lateral quickness, and one of the most devastating float serves in volleyball. I think one underrated thing, especially about Graham Vigrass, is how good of an athlete he is. I've heard he has a really good beach volleyball game. 
Apparently, he's one of the best on the Canadian national team in the kind of athletic combine type stuff, but really wasn't on any big name clubs, did not have a lot of huge recognition. He did get that World League 2017 Best Blocker Award when Canada won their bronze medal, but other than that, nothing huge. But now that he had a very successful season with Warsaw, potentially if they come back winning a gold medal, but at least a silver medal, I think he's going to be a middle that is in very high demand. My other underrated middle is Aiden Zingle, the Australian who played for Castellina Grote this past season in the Italian Super League. Some of you may recognize him from his many appearances on the Australian national team. He's also played in the Super League for quite a few seasons, spending six years with Verona. But I think he's really fallen off people's radar Partly last year, coming off the bench a lot for Trentino, and then this year, playing for the worst team in the Italian league. He's no longer playing with the Australian national team as well, so we get to see him even less. But he's not even 30 years old yet. He still has a decent amount of volleyball ahead of him. Still one of the better middles in the Italian Super League. He had 363 points on the season, which was second only to Sebastian Sole. And yes, there wasn't a lot of offensive options on Grote, so he definitely got an outsides role in the offense that way, but the fact that he was basically the only one on Grote, actually helping them win games. There's another one, which I will share in a sec, but yeah, Aiden Zingle, I think we kind of forgot about him once he stopped playing for the Australian national team, but still an extremely good middle. Another underrated player on that same team, Grote, the worst team in the Italian league, Domenico Cavicini, who was the reason why Aiden Zingle was able to even hit any middle balls. One of the best passers among liberos. I think he was sixth among liberos at 30.4, perfect passing percentage. But what really stands out about Cavicini is that he is an incredible defensive player, makes so many absurd digs, really good at using his legs to play defense, which is obviously not how you're supposed to do it, but if you can do, do it successfully, all the more power to you. And Cavaccini's definitely been the topic of many of my Instagram highlights. And some of you may be wondering why I have two players on the worst team in Italy in my most underrated players list. But remember, volleyball is a team sport. You're only as good as your weakest link. And the fact that I'm praising Zingle and Cavaccini should give you a little idea of how much of a dumpster fire the rest of Castellina Grote was in the Super League this year. At the setter position, my most underrated player is Dmitry Kovalev, the hyper-athletic Russian player who led Russia to their inaugural Volleyball Nations League gold medal. However, during the World Championships, he wasn't even on the roster. So mainly, he is being underrated by the Russian coaching staff because Sergei Grankin did nothing at the World Championships. They could have used Dmitry Kovalev so many times during that tournament. He's an incredible blocker, a really strong float server, and definitely the most athletic setter in volleyball, in my opinion. The guy skies for blocks, has some of the nastiest dumps in the game, and a lot of people criticize his technique in his hands, saying that they're not even the same stratosphere as Buko and Sergey Grankin. I don't know. Obviously, he's not quite as good as those guys in terms of set distribution, set placement, but I think he brings so much else to the game that I think there should have been at least a discussion 
on to whether to put him on the roster. I think he makes a great backup setter to Buko. Would have been a great change of pace. Hopefully he gets more of a chance on the senior team this year. I think they should even think about starting him over Buko. That's, I know a lot, a lot of people agree with that, but I think he's a really good setter. Really underrated. Doubt he'll get a chance until Buko retires from the national team, which I'm guessing will be after the 2020 Olympics, but we'll see what happens. And then at opposite, my most underrated player is Kyle Russell, who I talked about when I was talking about the Bundesliga finals earlier. He plays for the Berlin Recycling Volleys, another extremely athletic player. He's 6'10 and actually has a pretty good vertical for his size, hits the ball really well. Definitely not the most technically advanced player in pro volleyball but the fact that he's able to move so well and be so fluid for his size really adds a lot to his game this season the berlin recycling volleys brought on ben patch to 100 percent be their full-time starter they were giving full reins as the main option on offense to ben patch but he was beaten out in the rotation fair and square by his fellow american kyle russell who outplayed him for a majority of the season and like i said has been a huge part of their finals playoff run. So he's underrated because the guy hasn't even really been given a chance with Team USA. I think right now, straight up, he is a better player than Ben Patch. I would really look forward to the damage he could do with Micah Christensen. I know a John Spira likes to stick with the same core group of guys, and it's really tough for him to move on to new players when he's already made his picks. And I also know that Ben Patch is a bit younger, so I guess if you're looking towards the long term, Maybe he's uh, projects as the better option. But Kyle Russell's only one year older than Ben Patch. It's not a huge difference in age. Personally, I think he would be the better option for Team USA for the 2020 Olympics as the backup opposite. But it looks like he's not even consideration. Last summer, we saw Kyle Ensing of Long Beach State as the third opposite after Matt Anderson and Ben Patch. And I'm guessing that will continue to be the case. It's unfortunate because... Probably a lot of American fans barely even know who he is unless they followed him in college, so too bad that he doesn't get that recognition on the USA national team. Maybe one day. Anyway, that's my underrated players in volleyball. Nathan Wunenbena, Yassine Luati, Graham Vigras, Aiden Zingel, Dmitry Kovalev, Domenico Cavicini, and Kyle Russell. So I want to hear from you guys whether you think the players I listed are, in fact, underrated. I want to hear if you have any players that you think deserve way more recognition you can comment on this by messaging me on instagram commenting on one of my posts commenting on the podbean app you can comment directly through there if that's the way you listen to it or just emailing me at 51vb at gmail.com would love to hear from you guys remember we have a lot of exciting volleyball going on this weekend polish league could end on saturday italian league on sunday should be a really great weekend to watch Also, NCAA Finals between Long Beach State and Hawaii happening on Saturday night. Lots of future professional volleyball players taking part in that match. Hope you guys have a great weekend. Bye.